Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode, episode 92? Early 90s. Early 90s. Early 90s episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Also one of my favorite music periods. Uh, Not bad. Okay. Not bad. (laughs) Uh, My name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And welcome back to the Portland-based podcast, reviewing beer, reviewing movies. And this week, uh, we stayed in... Yes. Uh, checked out something that's uh, been uh, came out on Netflix pretty recently. Also a genre we don't do too often. That is true. We saw a romantic comedy. I know. Always be my maybe. Nary an explosion in the entire movie. I know. There was Very also strange. no magic or sorcerers. Guns. Or, wow. Stabbings. Yeah, there was no... Car pre- chases. Almost no fight sequences whatsoever. Right. Almost, pretty much no violence. Well, no, there was one, one act moment. of violence. One act, one right. One act of violence. That, that, that's it, huh? Yeah. No witches, no warlocks. No. Robots, lasers, spacecraft, none of that. Wow. No yeah. superheroes? Mm. Well, it just goes to show that we can branch out and find movies... Beyond our typical scope. Yeah. And speaking of branching out. Yes. Well, you branched out when we get to the beer stuff. Yes. It, wow. is, it is a week of branching out. I guess. It's, it's, it's a week of something. <laughs> um, I, but, uh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, with my the beer I'm having uh, for this week's podcast. It is... I did branch out a little bit as well. Because this comes from across... The Great Plains of the United States on the other coast. Oh, it's called um, where'd it go? Oh, here we are. Hoof Hearted Brewing Company. Okay, and it is their Everybody Wants Some Double IPA. Okay, Everybody Wants Some. They are absolutely referencing the great classic Van Halen song mm-hmm. and the movie, the '80s cult classic, uh, Better Off Dead. Oh, uh, I love that movie. That song was part of the soundtrack. $2. $2, yes. And if you've ever seen the movie, the music video for the song, which involves claymation, uh-huh. hamburgers playing Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Yes. It's right there on the can. That's so awesome. It is. Now, Hoof-Hearted Brewing doesn't have a lot of information about themselves on their website. They have this very kind of non-sequitur saying about how they... Um, We've been turning tanks like cassette tapes since late 2011. Known throughout the industry for our deft hop wrangling and nude air guitar prowess. We do get everything we can to provide fresh, high quality, and sometimes high test liquid to help you get the party poppin'. Looking through a list of some of the beers they have made, I see a lot of double IPAs. Oh, wow. Uh, This one... I like quite a bit. A lot of the double IPAs we tend to try end up just being really overpoweringly sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of sugar to it, and that's not the case with this. There's almost like a malty kind of aftertaste, which is a little weird, but it's still like pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's one of the better doubles I've had in a while. Oh, I can't wait to try it. And you know, and Van Halen, and uh, an '80s movie that I've seen a million times. I love which that I movie. Love. Yeah, that it's movie so is so funny. Yes. Uh, so many lines out of that so 
All right. Well, um, I definitely am trying something really new this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I on and I have to kind of back up. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, June twentieth to be exact, NPR um, had an article um, about non-alcoholic beers. Uh huh. Specifically, non-alcoholic craft beers, and um, and I clicked on it intrigued because. Um, I was interested in, I'm interested in craft beers, um, as indicated by this podcast, (laughs) but I was curious because so often when we think of non-alcoholic beers, right? I mean, there's just not a lot out there. They're watery. Yeah. They're, you know, they're not good. Yeah. They're, they're, they're gross. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say, um, and I really like. I like IPAs. Um, so I was just intrigued. I clicked on the article and it was actually very interesting. It was about several brewers that have started um, creating craft non-alcoholic beers. Okay. And specifically, it highlighted two American uh, brewing companies that were doing that. One on the East Coast called Athletic. It's up in the Athletic Brewing Company. And they do a seri- um, several... Uh, um, non-alcoholic beers, including an IPA and a double hop IPA. Okay. And then they also uh, mention another company um, out of California called to, uh, called Bravis Brewing Company, um, founded in 2015. So I decided to take a step mm-hmm. and I um, ordered <laughs> online yeah. um, a six-pack of Bravis Brewing Company's um, IPA. It's their uh, non-alcoholic IPA. So Bravis was founded in 2015 uh, with the idea that, um, you know, like having just watery lagers is not what people want anymore. Right. Um, And so they have been, they have three um, beers that they sell. They sell the IPA, an oatmeal stout, and an amber ale. Okay. And, yeah, so um, the IPA got here today, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is what they say on the back of the can. The folks at Bravis believe beer should be about the experience, not the alcohol content. That's why we're America's first brewery dedicated solely to the production of non-alcoholic craft beer. Our exclusive brewing process allows us to create a beer which tastes so much like an alcohol an alcoholic beer, you would be hard-pressed to tell the difference. So go ahead and try one. Um, it, it's fascinating to me that the ingredients for this IPA is water, malted barley, hops, and yeast. And that's it. And that's it. Four ingredients, right? Yeah. So I was not too sure. I opened the can. Uh, I poured it in the glass. And mm-hmm. I smelled it. And it doesn't smell like a typical IPA. Okay. Uh, so I was super worried. Uh, I tasted it. And it is, it is not bad. The first swallow was a little interesting. And then, um, now that I've, I've had, I've been sipping on it for a little while now. Um, it is like a, a, a low hop IPA. Okay. Um, I took a, I smelled it while you were talking. Yeah. You, yeah, it does smell. Interesting, right? That's one word. Yeah. Well. Huh. Right? Wow. Yeah, that's... It's got a very interesting taste. It is not bad. The more I kind of sip on it, I'm like, this is a beer that I could probably just 
enjoy on any summer evening and sip mm-hmm. on for a while um, with, you know, 0.5% alcohol <laughs> by volume. Um, and I mean, it's just got, it, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not as hoppy as I like my beer, right? but the hop taste is there. And the yes. aftertaste, mm-hmm. um, which I like. It's not overly sweet, which I was also worried about. No, it's not sweet at all, I would say. So um, and so for a mere 102 calories, mm-hmm. um, I will sip on this some more and let you know how I feel at the end of the night. Okay. But I was, I was super nervous, but I wanted to dive in. Um, the article on, by NPR was super interesting, and there's actually... Just this year, um, I kind of started digging a little bit deeper. Um, just this year, I've seen, I found like three or four or five articles that is all about kind of this growing industry of non-alcoholic craft beer. So uh, Pacific Northwest Breweries, I'm interested to see what you got. You cannot let California and the Northeast uh, be blazing this trail without us. Right. So... Anyway, Bravis Brewing Company, their IPA, non-alcoholic. Um, so far, pretty good. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely it tastes interesting. Yeah, yeah. but it's not bad. It's That's not bad. the thing. It's not bad, for sure. Okay, this week's movie, you can stream it on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Always Be My Maybe. Yes. Starring Ali Wong, Randall Park. Featuring Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. He's oh, in the trailer. That's I not too much it. of a spoiler. Yeah, it's not a spoiler. Well, um, if you haven't listened to us before, we've each come up with our favorite three things about this movie. We haven't shared them with each other beforehand. We'll go back and forth sharing them with each other now. If you haven't checked this movie out yet, uh, spoiler warning, beware, because mm-hmm. we don't care and hold back on stuff, plot details and stuff. Right. As, uh, you know, hey, it's a romantic comedy. Guess what? They get together. It's a love story. Um, And neither of us are really into, like, rom-coms. You know, I have, like, my list of, like, three that I'll go to Mm -hmm. when I'm feeling, like you know, I'm having a day and I'm, like, homesick and I just want to sit and watch a movie. I have, like, three or, like, my three rom-coms. But I'm, it's not a genre that I spend a lot of time in. Me either. So, but overall impressions, what did you think? Well, actually, that's kind of going to kind of be part of my first favorite thing. Okay. So I'm just going to get into that. Okay. I'm going to start start off by kind of, for my, kind of explaining a little bit more about the genre. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like I'm against things being romantic. Right. And certainly not against things being funny. It's just that when it comes to this genre, uh, particularly when like big studio produced romantic comedies, I rarely find them, I, f- I find them hardly romantic and barely funny. Right. And very predictable. Yes. It's typically, let's, uh, oh, this particular actor and this particular actress, they're kind of hot right now. They're kind of big names. Let's put them together make some dick and fart jokes, and call it a day. (laughs) Matthew McConaughey, I'm looking at you. Jennifer Lopez, you're guilty as well. Anyway, and it's just, yeah, they're all very rote and predictable, and, yeah, I don't don't care. Mm -hmm. But what's great about this is this movie, co-written by its two stars, uh, is very much, uh, has both of them. It's very well 
it's uh, I think because they wrote it. Mm-hmm. I would like to think because they wrote it to get uh, you know, and that there's a third person credited who I didn't recognize as a writer. Uh, that it feels more organic. Yeah. Like other other studio romantic comedies do feel like they're kind of part put together almost like an assembly line. You know, take X actress with Y actor jammed together with re- dumb premise. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, well, this is like starts off feeling a lot, a lot more kind of grounded. Uh, I don't know what Randall Park, um, the the male lead of the movie, I don't know what his comedy background is or comedy chops are really, but I know Ali Wong is yeah. a very good stand-up comedian, and I definitely see her um, her comedic kind of style, like in some of the in some of the jokes, and, uh, and yeah, and they're great together. Right. I mean, they do a great job of playing off each other, whether they're being like cute or whether they're being kind of antagonistic towards each other you know they do a bit of both Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's just uh so my favorite thing is that it's a romantic comedy that actually does the two things that this genre is supposed (laughs) to do which i find rarely happens Mm -hmm. in my experience so that's my favorite thing it is both funny and romantic and i like to think it's due to it's two stars, which clearly had a big hand in making the whole thing. Right. Not just showing up to to, to catch a check. Right. That's true. Um, yeah. Randall Park is very deadpan. So he's yes. got a great... He, his humor is stuff that I tend to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... He, yeah, he, he has a great sense of humor. You might have remembered him as... Um, you might have seen him in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. He's the... Um, what the... FBI agent or the right. whatever agent that is responsible for keeping Ant-Man in um, on house arrest. Right. And, you know, he does a terrible job. Or kind of put upon right. type of like, you know, yeah. So, but anyway, so yeah, um, I, I, I get, I like his, that type of humor. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Well, my number one is, should not be a surprise to you, mm-hmm. but I loved Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It, his, um, he just plays this crazy, over-the-top douchebag version of himself, which is hilarious because he's known for being so humble and mm-hmm. down-to-earth. Right. Um, and uh, he's got some pretty good comedy chops on him here. Yeah. Um, I think uh, he, so um, Ali Wong... Had, and Randall Park had always wanted him to play to have this cameo, right? Um, and uh, so they sent him the script. He he actually wrote back to her and said, "I would be honored to be part of your love story." Oh, oh my gosh! Like if that's not going to make somebody swoon, I don't know what will. Yeah, but um, he he was so excited to be a part of it that he made sure to sh- um, make room for this shooting this film in between the scenes for John Wick three. He was mm-hmm. actively shooting that movie at the time. Um, but I just I really thought um, he does a great job of just kind of playing an over the top, yeah, you know, actor. And he really helped craft his character. So it was like his idea to have the lensless glasses, you know, because he he shows up wearing his glasses Glasses. and then he makes his, like, they're like, um, Randall Park's like, I didn't know you wore, you know, Keanu Reeves wore glasses. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, they're fake. They don't even have lenses, you know, (laughs) like, um, he's researching a role or, or whatnot. 
And so I couldn't stop giggling at his just kind of like, his, you know, the, the air of pretentiousness he had. Yeah. Um, and then there, you know, after dinner, which is ridiculous, you know, the dinner food or not food is hilarious. They go back to his hotel and they're playing. I don't know. Essentially, it seemed like some version of like never have I ever or truth or dare. Right. Or something ridiculous. But um, one of the tags is like, if you know who if you had to kill somebody in this room, who would you be? And instantly, without hesitation, Keanu's like, Marcus. Right. <laughs> like, Randall, Randall Park's character. Yeah. He, yeah. Instantly, yeah. And, and Randall Park is like, wait, what? Like, you did not have to think about that at all. What's going on? Um, and then like at some and then. You know, he he gets up and he starts doing like these karate moves. He's dancing around the room, like doing karate moves, like he's so yeah ready to fight. And it's just this, it's such a weird and funny scene. Um, and it's so funny to see um, Keanu Reeves do this, specifically since he is known to be such like so not that type of person. Yeah. Um, I also think I like, I think he's gotten better as he's gotten older as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like I think back to the first things I ever saw him in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, uh, parenthood, um, the 1980s or 1990 version yeah. or, with, um, Steve Martin. Um, he's in that. And I mean, he was okay, but I definitely think now at 55, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, he's 55. Um, that he is, he's actually, I think, quite talented, you know, maybe, I mean, like, I know you're giving me the look. I have a theory about him that I'll... You're giving me the look, but I think that he, um, he has become a much, I I definitely think he's become a better actor as he's gotten older. Um, he's, I personally believe he's also gotten way better looking as he's gotten older. Okay. So... That's uh, one of my favorite things, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is great. He has a ter- clearly has a good sense of humor about himself. I like to imagine the director was just like, so any BS, whatever BS made up Hollywood rumor you ever heard about yourself, be that. <laughs> That's what I imagine his direction was. And my, my theory about Keanu Reeves is that I don't know that he's really gotten that much better as an actor. I think he's just recognized what his strengths are. And he just like picks roles accordingly. Mm. Like I don't. Th- I mean, agree I agree to disagree, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I do think he has. Be- I mean, like he can't do. He can't do. Like like we're talking about action movies. He can't do Deadpool. No, 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 no. But John Wick, like a like the very few words, like one line sentence, you know, right. one sentence lines, you know, brooding, brooding scary, right? Yeah. 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 So anyway, I agree. I agree. We digress. We digress. Yes, but, um, that he 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 has become a better. Um, he's in a spot where he can select his his yes for sure roles a lot with more discretion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I still think he's a better actor now. Okay. All right. Your second thing. What else did you like? Uh, James Saito, who plays Marcus Kim's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played. He's great. He played. You know. Uh, uh, one another spoiler is that uh, Marcus loses his mom mm-hmm. at one point during the movie, and he's great as this widower who is just um, 
so su- trying to be so supportive of his son to a fault. Mm-hmm. You know, letting him, you know, stay living at home and working on the family business forever. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, and then, but then at one point, weirdly, event hooks up with, a, was it a Diana Ross impersonator? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, which was uh, just, he had this very nice, like, awkward charm to him. And I think one of the things that really elevates this romantic comedy over the other ones that I referred to earlier is its supporting cast. Right. Like, everybody is very good. And uh, there's there's usually, like, one just ridiculous friend that doesn't exist in reality ever. And that character isn't in this at all. And I just really liked his um, his portrayal as, as the dad who eventually has to tell his adult son... You know, I am an adult too. I haven't been an adult in a long time. You need right. to stop using me as your ex- reason to not move out or to not, you know, explore, not to, you know, mm-hmm. move on with your own life. Right. You know, I'll be fine. I appreciated that, you know. Yeah. Almost like he he begin, he recognizes that his son has been using him as the excuse right. for why he can't mm-hmm. go do adult things and right. live his own life. Yeah. So I did not realize... He was the original Shredder in the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, wow. I mean, I just think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I kept couldn't figure out why he looked so familiar when I saw him. And then I was like, oh, "Oh, he's in Altered Carbon, which is um, a great uh, another show on on Netflix. Netflix. So, yeah, I feel like he's been in a million things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but anyway, that's that's. As Harry Kim, I feel like he is... Like, the supporting cast is really my second favorite thing. And I'm just picking him because I think he was the strongest right. of them. Agreed. So. Um, so, another thing I like... I liked uh, Marcus's band, Illigan. Oh, right. Right? Um, it is a weird alt... Hip-hop. Ba- yeah, hip-hop band. Ish. Yeah. I mean, he raps... He does. But it doesn't really sound like it's a hip-hop. But it's not over-hip-hop music. Right. It's a very it's very alternative. Yeah. It's... Um, but I just think it's really funny. And I, like, it, I cannot remember um, a ton of the lyrics. But I remember as, you know, the scenes where he's in there and he's, he's singing or rapping, the lyrics are hilarious. And at one point in time, um, his, like... One of his bandmates, who has been in charge of merchandising, has decided <laughs> yeah. that they need a ton of tennis balls, um, and it's because of the type, like one of the lyrics in one of their songs. Mm-hmm. So he buys them a bunch of tennis balls that have their band name on them. Yeah, which is ridiculous because then he's like, "I don't uh, okay, like, do we throw them at people? What do we do?" Um, I also think it's hilarious. Like at the very end of the movie. He, he writes a song called um, I Punched Keanu Reeves in the Face. Yes. <laughs> you know? He's very proud of that by He's the end of the movie. Very proud of that by the end of the movie. Um, so I just, I really, it's, it's a small portion of the movie um, in terms of when we actually get to see them perform. Yeah. But it's the pretty fun scenes. And then overall, I just really like that um, 
Sasha, played by Ali Wong, mm-hmm. is really super supportive of his music and his band, yeah. both in college, but then and then again as adults. You know, she comes, she she wants him to be successful. She wants him to pursue it more full time. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point in time, near the end of the movie, you know, when after they've had their obligatory split and time away, yeah, you know, he's ta- he's writing her and emailing her, telling her about how his website is really taken off of merchandising. And then he finds out that she has been purchasing yes. a bunch of stuff off of the website because she wants him to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really kind of like that idea that, um, you know, she it, she's constantly encouraging him right. to follow his passion, you know, like she followed hers. And that it it's a great moment that diverges from typical romantic comedies where supporting your partner doesn't have to come at the expense of your own goals, right? Of anybody's goals. Right. Like, she doesn't, uh, Sasha doesn't have to not be a successful restaurateur in order to also support him in his music career. Mm -hmm. You know? And I, I like that because so many times... A rom-com has to have one partner, usually the female, realizing that I love you so much. I must sacrifice and give up these other things because they clearly aren't where, you know, making me happy. And that, you mm-hmm. you know, I, sh- I shouldn't have to worry about being such a high-powered attorney. I should, I'm going to go be in love, you know? And I just really, I like that it's not, it's not even, um, it, I mean, it, it, at one point in time, it is explicitly stated. Like, she does say, you know, they get in their fight, and she says, like, why why is it, like, if I were a woman, um, you would expect me to go or to move across country or, or do something, but a- me asking you to do the same thing is somehow, like, mm-hmm. wrong or, you know, is, is, is taboo. But I just, I thought it was a great moment um, because the band is f- funny, Right. And fun. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a real healthy relationship component there, which I think many um, rom-coms lack. Yeah. So I appreciated that. I like that about that movie. Yeah. I have a, you can see where a lesser or lazier version of this movie is, um, is like a market, like she's, because, you know, Marcus is dri- still driving the same car right as to when they you know hooked up back in the day right and he's got his band that plays you know the same club or whatever and a lesser version of this movie she's telling him to grow up right Right. or someone's telling somebody to grow up and not do something anymore and that never happens like she's trying to get him to do his thing more Mm -hmm. you know and ultimately he would be happy following her around Right. You know, uh, being, you know, the, I don't know what the right word is, you know, holding her purse while she goes on the red carpet. Right. That's a great switch, too, I feel. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah. Okay, so for my last thing, uh, it's just got to be that scene where Keanu first shows up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, and in super slow motion. Super slow motion. Uh, it, you, it's, it's. You mean you see essentially see it in the trailer, but it's still when you see it in the movie, it works so perfectly. It's like played so perfect, uh, 
you know, that kind of builds up with Marcus kind of after talking to his dad and working up the courage. He wants to actually tell uh, tell her that like how he feels and maybe they could start mm-hmm. seeing each other. And she immediately cuts him off. I found, I've met somebody. I've met somebody. Right. And it's like, and then when he sees who she met and it's Keanu yeah. Reeves, the, him playing himself, walking up in slow motion and just the look on his face. <laughs> It's just like, it's a book that says, you're goddamn kidding me. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. After all this time and con- you know, getting over my fears, and I'm finally here to tell this woman what I feel like. And she brings out, and, she let, and she's dating John fucking Wick. I know. And that this movie came out, dropped on Netflix not very long after right. John Wick 3 was in theaters, which makes it all the more perfect because, you know, everybody's, you know, still got like. Keanu on the brain. Because of the new movie, so yeah, just the 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 slow motion music, and then they're like they're dirty, you know. Yeah, talk, I miss you. you know, yeah, breathless talk. Smell. I miss your the taste of your flesh or whatever. Right. And he just the look on his face was like, of course, this is what happened. Yeah, it's of just horse. So this is what disgusted, I disgusted, disappointed, sad. Yes. Um, I also love that after that, so like he walks in and it's super slow-mo yeah. with the hair blowing, blowing yeah. as he wanders in. And then you watch Randall Park's face just crumble into yeah. a look of, oh, good God, I can't compete with that. Yeah. yeah. And then um, and then she, she snaps a picture of it. Because, you know, like, yes. it's broken by the fact that, like, she grabs a picture because she's like, oh, there's no way. I just had to capture that moment. There's just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, like, it, it, it yeah. Even yes. she recognizes this is a one-in-a-lifetime moment. For, yes. It's so, yeah. That that sequence is, I mean, there's a lot of other funny stuff that happens after that, especially mm-hmm. when they go to, to dinner at that nonsense restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is just, I mean, spaghetti kiss. Ah. Yeah, it was so perfect. Good. Yeah. Um, so the third thing I really liked about this is the casting. Yeah. This is, um, a highly diverse cast, um, predominantly people of color. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's not the point of the story. No. Right. The point of the story is it's a love story, um, about people. Um, and along the way, this cast has people, of all different shapes, sizes, ethnicities, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. um, and degrees of pregnant degrees of pregnancy. Yes, um, and really, this is just a movie about two people falling in love, and I just—it shouldn't be such a thing to to notice that you have representation. Mm-hmm. In in on the screen, it shouldn't be a thing to have to notice. Oh my gosh, there's just a lot of g- people of color in this. Um, it shouldn't be a thing um, because it's 2019, <laughs> right? And the fact that it is is a little disappointing because it just dis- like I think it distracts from the fact that it's such a funny romantic comedy mm-hmm. featuring people you know yeah you know like that that should be really where it is and yet it it we're not there yet but it's just so 
it's so nice. It's just really nice. Yeah. You know, um, I really like it. It's authentic representation, too. You don't see a lot of caricatures there. Yeah. Like, you don't have the sassy black friend, you know, or anything like that. Like, she does have her her best friend and manager or agent mm-hmm. is African-American, but she's, you know, pregnant and, <laughs> like, um, and is just a... A competent good friend mm-hmm. you know and I just feel like that that's very refreshing to see a movie that just represents people yeah and um, and authentically represents people that come from a variety of backgrounds and lifestyles and, and everything like that yeah. and so um, so I just I really like that I, I look forward to the day when seeing such a diverse cast in such a good movie is not quote unquote refreshing or surprising. It just is because there are so many amazing actors out there Mm -hmm. that are of every ethnicity of every sexual orientation. Um, So I love seeing them featured so realistically and normally in a movie. Right. You know, so, and I would say there's a, there's several Netflix shows that have done that really well. Mm-hmm. And I've appreciated that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, outside of, um, you know, this being a kind of like stories being written about how this is another like a romantic comedy involving you know, Asian leads, like mm-hmm. crazy rich Asians. Right. You know, um, if I, if it weren't for stories like circulating about that, I mean, well, we watched it. I didn't really... Pay attention. I didn't really pay attention. I just was like, hey, it's Dependor from Deadpool. It's right. this person from this thing. It's this person from that thing. So, right. And then you um, get to the end, though, and you're like, oh. Like, huh. yeah. Most of the primary cast were people of color. Yeah. So. Anyway, I just, I really like that. I yeah. think it. Yeah, it's, I think it's good that, uh, because, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe a movie with a cast like that, I mean, Maybe there's a reason why it's on Netflix and not in theaters. That mm-hmm. is, that is a, a racial thing, and that's unfortunate, you know. Right. But that it, but that's there, that is there on Netflix to see be seen potentially by more people than ever would have saw it in a theater. Right. You know. And that it is being talked about so much as being a, a good, fun, right. entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope that it's getting the attention that it deserves. Yeah. Me too. So. Okay. Okay. Are we on to honorable mentions? Yes. Okay. Uh, honorable mentions, and I've already kind of mentioned it, but I'm going to say my first honorable mention is Randall Park's face, because he makes, there are so many instances where something is happening where he's like, I clearly don't like what's going on here, this doesn't make any sense to me, this is a stupid thing, and he has this face that he makes is just like this distasteful I know. Oh, <laughs> and I know what face you're talking about too am I having like he makes it all the time when they're in that restaurant and I get it because yeah. even though I know that's you know like probably a, a more over-the-top fictionalized version mm-hmm. of that type of restaurant those places still exist and I would hate it too so when he was making that face he was making that face for me <laughs> that's funny um I loved, um, I kind of liked the ending here. Well, not kind of. I liked the ending yeah. where <clears throat> Marcus, Randall Park's character, mm-hmm. comes to her 
and, you know, gives the, like, I love you speech. Right. But the speech is, I just love the fact that, I mean, his his basic thing is, I just want to be where you are. Yeah. You know, I'll hold your purse. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do my music anywhere. I just want to be wherever you are. And then he goes on, and it's longer, and it's a great speech, and it's like, yeah. you know, the, like, aww moment of the movie. Um, but I really... I really like it because so often um, when you think of so many of the romantic comedies, it is um, usually the woman who is giving up her way of life. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got some high powered, ambitious job and she goes, I don't need to be so ambitious. I don't need to have this, you know, be so career oriented. I just need love. And so she quits her job. And she goes home, quote unquote, wherever to be with her high school sweetheart, mm-hmm. right? And that is there. Like I can just list off movie after movie after movie where that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, here, he decides he can be he can be more ambitious. That he wants to pursue his, you know, that right. she's just unfailingly supportive. Like she laughs at the fact that he still has his same car. Right. From from high school. But she doesn't... She's not like, oh my God, you have to get rid of that. Like, what kind of person still does that? She just kind of thinks it's funny. Right? She thinks, you know, oh, you're playing at the same club. That's awesome. And she comes to support him and says, you should be playing more more places. More people should hear you. Yeah. Um, and so it's really nice that he determines that he can be more ambitious that he can pursue what he loves um and be with her right right and that her being ambitious um successful career oriented isn't a bad thing and that she can in fact have both that she can do both um and so can he yeah so i just i i really liked that yeah i also really liked um I found it interesting, like this the, the 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 huge gulf between their where they are, kind of career wise, like at least economically speaking. Right. You know, she is wealthy, mm-hmm. and it's not like he's necessarily. I don't know how what he makes doing the family thing with his dad. You know, I mean, they live in San Francisco, so they're not poor. Right, but he's but living in his parents' house. house still. He's still and living he's with driving his parents. A real piece of shit car. Right. You know. Uh, so, by, but typically in these movies, like the, the, the couple, mm-hmm. if you will, are almost always on the same financial footing. And there's usually, you know, there always have some kick-ass huge, we got a shitload of money job, each of us. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I really like that it was, they, and occasionally there'll be, that it's just, but that it was so different. You know, and outside of, and I guess they did this with Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant in that one movie, you know, Notting Hill. Right. You know, but outside of, but it's very rare that they let the woman have the, the, that high power job. That high power job where the guy doesn't. Mm hmm. So I really, really. And that that's okay. That it's, and it's rarely even addressed. Usually right. it's a hang up for the guy, right? Right. But it's not for him, really. Mm-mm. No. So. Yeah. His, his only hang up is that he doesn't want to leave San Francisco. Like, it has, Nothing, you know, like, so I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, 
any other honorable mentions? Um, just well, I should say Ali Wong. Mm-hmm. I mean, just it's like so good. I've never, I've only ever seen her stand up, and where she is uh, great. So, I mean, I definitely can see like her stage presence in this, but she's also, you know, a very good actress and can do other things besides, you know, just, you know, command a stage with a mic. You mm-hmm. know, but you can definitely see the kind of like every comedian's got a little bit of like kind of alpha personality in them, and you can see that come out in her, you know, what you see her on stage too when she does her, her stand up yeah. stuff. So, but yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um,. All right. I guess it's time to get to the things that maybe we didn't like. Um, I really didn't like that restaurant, but that was the point of it. Um, right. And really, I don't have hardly anything I didn't like. Um, Daniel Day Kim is in this movie for a hot minute, mm-hmm. and I wish he was in it more. Yes. I wish they had found something. I mean, he's great as just this self-absorbed, you know, he's the one, he's... Ali Wong's fiance to start. Right. right. And he's great as just, you know, good looking but clearly self absorbed, you know, guy. Or critic or, or whatever. Or restaurateur critic or yeah. something. Yeah. So yeah. I I also hoped he had had he would have had a better or more of a presence in the movie because he is also a very good actor. Yeah. Um I so this is it's played well. But I am not a huge fan of the talented but lazy guy trope. Okay. You know, this idea where you have um, uh, the highly motive, ambitious lady lead and the, you know, slightly sloppy, uh, you know, talented, but I'm not really interested in pursuing, or I'm just comfortable with where I'm at and I don't want to go any further guy Mm. pairing. Yeah. You know, where... They have to figure that out, you know. I think this movie did it. Like, they did it. It did it better than most movies do. Typically, mm-hmm. her her success eventually gets in the way of their being together because he's got some hangups or whatever, or um, they break up and he has to go on a better betterment. You know, oh, like yeah. I have to grow, grow up, up right. and like get a job, like get a suit and a tie mm-hmm. and get a, get a real job. I can't, you know, like um, moment before they can get back together. And here um, she, she never belittles him. Like she is authentically encouraging him. Like she loves his music. Yeah. She believes in him as a musician. He doesn't have to let go of that pipe dream or... You know, there's anything like that. Like, she really genuinely is like, your music is good. Yeah. I just want more people to know about you guys because you're that good. You should perform in other places. Um, and and so, I, I you know, so I, I, I feel like it, this movie handled it better, but I'm just not a big fan of that trope. You yeah. know, like, that that is always part of the... The romantic comedy part bit where one person has to get their life together. Right. <laughs> but he does buy a suit. He does. he does. But I love that he runs yeah, in. Which is really funny. It is a great scene. Because he goes into a store that is 
way too above his means. Right. I can't believe he didn't know that walking into that place. He goes into a place that Keanu Reeves told him he gets his suits from. Right. So what did he expect? Right. He, I just love how they're putting it on him. He's drinking champagne. Right. And they show him the price tag. And he's like, ah, get it off. Get it off me. Get it off me. It burns. It burns. <laughs> and then he goes to, like, men's warehouse. Or a house or something you know? like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also... So I know that... The, the restaurant scene with Keanu Reeves where they're kind of mocking the food and Randall mm. Park has got the, he's got the face that represents almost all of us right. in a place like that. But I didn't like the fact that he's constantly making fun of her job. Like, he's constantly like, eh, look at these small, tiny food and why, like, where's real food and blah, 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 blah. Um, and she never, she never makes fun of him. Yeah. You know? And, and him driving the car from high school or him not moving on in his music, anything like that. And so just kind of, I, his digs at her profession. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, it's such, he doesn't do it very often, so it's not like it's an overpowering part of the show, but it was just, I mean, something that just kind of was like, it didn't settle right with me. Mm -hmm. Um, in an otherwise good movie. And so I had to dig pretty deep to be like, oh, you know, he makes digs at her, at tiny food. Right. And, you know, get a food that is basically the essence of whatever. You know, like, we all would make fun of that, I guess. Right. But he moves beyond that, and you know, and it's kind of like, rather than laughing, you know, laughing and saying, like, your world is so weird. Right. He, he kind of makes these digs at it and yeah i mean i can see like you'll will see people making an argument if you're gonna make fun of making fun of things you got to do it punching up at right. something and where he can punch up at her but she's for her to punch down at him and make fun of his music where he's playing like the same bar over mm-hmm. and over and again wouldn't come off as funny probably right but he still does come off as more mean-spirited which right. is a bit of a bummer so i get it right but I also think that um, that that mistake, that idea of like punching down, mm-hmm. is why so many rom coms aren't funny. Right. You know, because that is what happens to to some degree. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's that's really it. I yeah. Like this movie made us both laugh. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed it quite a bit. Yes. Um. So yeah. Definitely recommend it for people. Go see it. Yeah, for sure. Go see it in your homes. Yes. On Netflix. On Netflix. Okay. Uh, I got a recommendation. Okay. I also have one. Okay, great. Uh, My recommendation, I am listening to an audiobook. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't do books very often anymore. uh, But I used to read all the Stephen King. Mm -hmm. All the Stephen King back in my youth. Uh, his more recent stuff has been harder for me to, to read. I've started and not finished several things. Uh, but this book, it's called The Outsider. I heard is a return to form. And I'm not done with it yet, but it absolutely is. It okay. is tightly written. Starts off as kind of like a crime drama. And it's just now to start to turn a little supernatural, as Stephen King things tend to do. And it is uh, also kind of comments on our modern day rush to convict someone for having done a wrong we think 
Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of like this great kind of premise of, uh, you know, uh, this guy who is a stalwart of a smaller community, you know, a uh, little league coach for years. Everybody's kids has been coached by this guy. Everybody loves him. Uh, he gets tied to a really horrible murder, a bunch of physical evidence tying him to having done that. Uh, but then it also turns out he has quite possibly the best alibi you could ever have for not being in town when that murder happened. So what happened and how did it happen? Right. So it's The Outsider. It's really good. Um, and yeah, but I'm not done with it, but I can't imagine it going off the rails and turning bad all of a sudden mm-hmm. now that I'm about halfway through it. But it is, and it, the audiobook is read by the actor Will Patton. Oh, oh yeah, which he's is good. Really, it's really fun because like he does kind of subtle voice changes for all the characters. And even when he does like a woman's voice, it could easily be something that you kind of laugh at, you know, because a man's trying to sound. Mm-hmm. But I hardly notice when he switches between the voices. So yeah, that's okay. what I recommend. Very cool. Um, well, I'm going to recommend another uh, speak when, like as we've been talking about comedy mm-hmm. um, and another comedy uh, that we have been enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, Mrs. Maisel. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, we. I sat down. I was like, you know, I've seen this a couple of times. Like just on a. Like, it keeps coming up on our Amazon Prime list, and I'd read something good about it. Yeah. So, you and I have started watching it, and it is very cleverly written. Mm-hmm. It is very funny. Um, I don't think... I mean, we're laughing all the time. Just facial expressions of the characters, their dialogue. Um, their dialogue is from... Uh, it, it it shouldn't be surprising because the this show is done by Amy Sherman Palladino, who did uh, Gilmore Girls. Okay. And so if you like kind of that kind of witty, sharp yeah. conversation back and forth, um, then then I mean this is it. It's it's I was like, why does this sound so familiar? Right. It, not and not familiar in terms of I've heard this joke before. But the pacing, yeah, it's the yeah, it's, that's what it's it the is. pacing of mm-hmm. it. I was like, this, I know this pacing. And then at the end of one of the episodes, I was actually paying attention to the credits, and I was like, oh, um, written and directed by Amy Sherman Palladino, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's just it's really funny. Um, Tony Shalhoub is in it, um, playing Mrs. Maisel's dad, mm-hmm. and he, I mean, he's brilliant. Tony Shalhoub is a brilliant comedic actor. Um, so I, I would say playing a almost a maybe an you could almost claim that that character is an ancestor to Monk. Oh my gosh, yes. I would I would say that's what's great about it. It's also like you know it's it's a period piece. It's set in what the what the dec- ni- late nineteen fifties nineteen fifties late nineteen fifties and yeah. man the money they must have spent because they have everybody. And those clothes, and mm-hmm. they really sharp-looking stuff. Right. You know, all the right cars are out on the streets, and all that kind of like kind of day glow, you know, painting like wallpapering and or whatever like the mm-hmm. set decoration. And and I know because it's about uh, uh, this this woman who is married and has kids, but finds herself up on stage doing stand-up comedy in this right. era where I don't I doubt very many women were doing it. Right, and it—I mean—they say that like yeah. it's it's oh, for a woman to be breaking into comedy. Yeah, 
is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. And I know that they have um, they have stand-ups helping write the show for because the, there are parts Comedy that take bits. place on stage. Yeah. And, you know, she's not the only per- person playing a comedian in it. And they're all... The thing about this, when you're doing... Writing something that needs to be funny on its own as if it were its own stand-up bit, but have it take place in a TV show about stand-up stuff right. is hard. Correct. And they do it great every yeah. time. Every time she's on stage and they're not, and she's good, mm-hmm. it's because it's good. It is it's good, funny. right. Yeah. Um, they also have, I mean, they just have a good, um, uh, like, supporting cast. Oh, so, yes. like, Kevin Pollack is in it. Oh, he's great. And he also is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Marin Hinkle plays um, the main character's mother. Rachel uh, Brosnahan is the main character. Um, Marin Hinkle, um, she was in... Two and a Half Men. She played Judith, like the ex-wife mm-hmm. um, of, I don't know, the other guy that's in there. Um, but she's she's very good. It's just, <clears throat> it's very clever. Yes. It's very funny. And um, we're enjoying it. So um, because we've been talking about comedy, um, I want to recommend that as well. Yeah. It's Marvelous good. Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. On Amazon Prime. I don't know if we said that. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll be it this week uh, for uh, Always Be My Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week should be uh, back in big superhero right. uh, blockbuster territory as uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Correct. Uh, comes out, and we'll be seeing that here in just a couple days. So that I'm should... really excited. Yeah. They've said that this is... I've tried to stay away from spoilers or anything, mm-hmm. but one thing said that this this is really the final movie in Endgame. This, right. Like, this wraps up Endgame. Right. I've heard that, too. So, so. interested to see what it, what, the, what it is. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and a bunch of other places where you get podcasts. Uh, if you want to send us an email about what you thought about this movie or any of the other movies we've ever done, you can email the podcast, ddkpodcasting at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to rate or review us at any of the other typical places, that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. I think it is, too. All right. Well, until next week when we come swinging around with Spider-Man. Go see a movie. And thanks, everyone, for listening.